Alright, hey, welcome into For the Love of Fit. I'm Danny. And I'm Jake. And today we have a very special guest with us. Hey, yo, Lulu. What up? <laughs> welcome <laughs> to the show. So, um, as we've talked about before, Blake and I are both FitOps CVFOs um, from different classes. Um, Lulu is also a FitOps CVFO. Uh, which class were you in, by the way? I can never remember. I was class 10, so the most recent one. Class 10, okay. Make me feel old. <laughs> I was in class four, you know, no big deal. Yeah, well, I mean, one, so pick one and suck it, both of you. Uh, so we brought, we brought Lulu on the show because um, she is a great coach in her own right, on top of having positive and negative interactions with different coaches in her life. So obviously this week's episode is about coaching. So before we get into it, I think we should shout out uh, the places that we know and love. I'd like to give a shout out to Royalty Nutrition. That's RoyaltyNutrition.com. They are a veteran-owned and operated supplement company that doesn't automatically go to the cheapest ingredient to use in their supplements, and they don't promise you anything either. They they promise you supplements that they they sell you supplements that will help you along your way to your fitness goals, all while using the best ingredients they possibly can, and they're literally meant for royalty. Use the discount code 37HAKE to save you 15% on your entire order. I actually just re-upped. I don't get paid. I use my own supplement. I use my own discount code. Um, I I use them and I support them because I believe in them. Uh, as we get going to, we'll give a shout out to Gorilla Gains. That's www.gorilla-gains with a Z. Com. They are an apparel company that you can comfortably wear in and out of the gym. And they also make great lifting equipment that helps keep you safe while you train. Check them out. Use the discount code JAKE15 to save you 15% on that entire order. And, uh, well, before we give the FitOps love, uh, I suppose I should shut up and let Danny do his thing. Huh? <laughs> well, hey, I'm about to reach out to Gorilla Games right now because, you know, I'm almost out of shorts. And it's not, the season is not right for wearing Long pants to the gym no more. So, hey, I'm going to check it out. Uh, so, Actually, hey, thank you in I, apo- for the I, I apologize. <laughs> they, they, they are not, uh, they're not slinging dude shorts. They can get you some nice booty shorts there. Um, if you're looking for uh, handmade shorts, though, check out B-U-Y-L-I-D-D-L-E-S.com. That's bylittles.com. That's owned and operated by my good friend Trevor Goody. Okay. To, okay. Is, there, right. is okay. there anyone that you don't know in this fitness industry? You no. <laughs> <laughs> Dig it. I got somebody for everything, man. What you need? <laughs> All right. Well, hey, I got to be selfish. I got to advertise for my personal training business, Blake's Health and Fitness. Uh, we've been in business since uh, February 2020, last year. Um, COVID hurt us pretty hard. I ain't going to lie about it. But we're back. We're better than ever. And, hey, so if you for any and all your personal training needs or, hey, if you just want some merchandise, I'm wearing a Blake's Health and Fitness shirt right now. Why? Because it's comfortable and I made money off myself. So, hey, can't fight that. Um, <laughs> uh, go ahead and use the promo code for the love of fit with uh, no spaces. Get yourself a discount on any Blake's Health and Fitness merchandise. All right. And then uh, before we do roll into fit ops, Lulu, what you got? I know you got some people in the fitness world you want to show some love to. Yeah, why not? Um, so... 
Cutler Nutrition is a company that I work closely with, similar to Jen, because their products are amazing and I really believe in them. Uh, owned by Mr. Jay Cutler, Mr. Olympia himself. Um, so feel free to use the code Lulu, uh, a lot of their products. Um, and then I'll put a plug in for myself as well. Uh, my company, Omni Strength, always taking new clients, um, a little bit of a different approach than most trainers, uh, nutrition, exercise, as well as some self development um, and reflection. So I'll put those plugs out. All right, beautiful, beautiful. And then I think we do, we got to roll into FitOps. Ladies and gentlemen, the FitOps Foundation is a organization that helps veterans rediscover their purpose after their active duty or reserve service to this country through not only just becoming a personal trainer, but earning the title of CVFO, which stands for Certified Veteran Fitness Operative. The program itself is not just fitness-based. It also helps you understand and develop critical thinking skills outside of the military that help you adjust to civilian life. So even if you do choose to not go to the fitness path, you do have a better way of thinking and approaching life as a civilian that used to be in the military. Without FitOps, like we have said, we probably wouldn't be, we wouldn't be doing this podcast on top of, we would not be involved in the fitness industry as the way we are. Check them out at fitops.org. And if you're looking for a great not-for-profit to donate to, check out fitops.org backslash donate. Cannot stress on this enough. Honestly, uh, if you are a veteran, reservist, or even active duty with some leave to save up, definitely look into the program. Uh, you, you can't pay for a better education. I just spent the last four years trying to do it. <laughs> and I got a piece <laughs> of paper <laughs> telling me that I, I almost got there. But uh, this, I, I swear by it, the things that you learn in FitOps, you, you really can't top. You really can't. So, yeah, check them out. Definitely check them out. Uh, I know all three of us love them. But all right, without further ado, what do you look for in a trainer? And we're back. So today's episode, what do you look for in a trainer? Um, if you're on your own <laughs> and for whatever reason are not reaching out to Blake's Health and Fitness for your personal training needs, shame <laughs> on you. Um, <laughs> uh, we want to educate you as much as we can on the things you should and should not be looking for in a trainer. Uh, as much as we hate to say it, not all trainers are good. But we're going to do our best in this episode to help you. We got three uh, certified trainers right here. And uh, let's dive into it. Our first column, signs of a good trainer. Well, hey, got to have a sincere smile, right? Yeah, obviously. Because no, <laughs> no car salesman ever knows how to smile. Uh, <laughs> so, in my opinion, um, when you are first going to a gym or a training facility... Before you just automatically say, hey, you're my trainer, you need to kind of take, I would say, a couple weeks and watch. Um, watch who's working when you're there and see if they're busy. See, and maybe like pull a couple of the people they train aside and ask questions, right? Mm -hmm. I, because I, I agree you, with that. Because you never just want to be like, I, I saw on the internet that you have a bunch of people that you work with. I want to be another one of those people. Mm-hmm. You, you really want to get the honest feedback from clients and former clients. If you can find a former client of somebody, hit them up and ask them why they left. Okay? I, I, I can't stress that enough. If you, can find, if you can find a former athlete of a coach or a trainer mm -hmm. and, and, and say, I'm not asking you to talk shit, but what was, your, what was your reasoning why you moved on? Your former trainer or coach, right? Now, you need to listen to what they say. There are many snake oil salesmen out there. 
especially in today's market, you can buy a booty program from any chick that just got a Brazilian butt lift. <laughs> yep. But you, when you're talking to someone who is a fitness professional, they have to know what they're talking about, and they have to be relatable to you. I'll tell you right now, there are three trainers on this podcast, and maybe one of us would work for you, or none of us. I can almost guarantee that all three of us can get you exactly where you want to go, but we're all going to do it in a different way. So you, so when you're when you're shopping for a trainer, you have to be compatible. A good trainer for you might be a dog shit trainer for me. It, yeah, no, I was just going to say uh, along the lines of like seeing if they're busy and talking to old clients. Um, something I see so often, especially in the bodybuilding community, is you like the way that a person looks or you respect their grind as an athlete. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that they are going to be a good coach or be a good fit for you. Um, so never kind of pick a coach based off of what their body looks like, because if that's the case, you should be trying to work with their coach and not them. And I feel like that's exactly. so often what you see is somebody says like, oh, well, she does so well in this division or they have abs. And it's like, well, that's great. But do they have a coach? Because then look at their coach, because that's the coach that got them the results, you know? Genetics are a pain in the ass, aren't they? Uh, one of my one of my favorite coaches on this planet. We butted heads when I was young and getting into the industry, and I never understood why. But his name is Michael Pena, and he's in he's out of Victoria, Texas, at Pure Fitness. Michael Pena was in a terrible car wreck back in the late nineties, I want to say, and it ripped like his. It ripped his quads apart and tore his calves off, and they had to rebuild his pretty much his entire leg with his hamstring and went over his left, okay, on top of um, uh, removing some of his intestines and things just to make him function. And if you ever looked at him, you'd be like, that's just a fat dude. I'm telling you, this man is one of the most knowledgeable, caring, and dedicated coaches you could ever have. So it's not just going to be based off of that guy looks great. I mean, look at look at H- Hanny Rambod now. He doesn't look like a walking ball of muscle. He looks like a short, fat guy. That, and he's and he has Mr. Olympia's under his belt. You know, yeah. Everyone gets caught up in the the clout of Instagram and the who's you know all this influencer bullshit and uh, who can post the craziest workout and e- even looking at um, client transformations. And this is something I had a little bit of a rant on the other day. Um, they're always so impressive and that's not to say that that's not amazing um but take a look at that client a month or two after they stop working with that person and if they go right back to their old habits their old ways and they're right back to that old physique um that tells me that that trainer or that coach um might have been able to get them from point a to point b but they didn't ensure that that person knew how to maintain or improve on that um and then what's the point of working with the coach if you're just gonna revert right back you know exactly when i was working with like just regular people that came into the gym that weren't looking to do anything outside of, you know, just getting back into shape or meeting their goal. I would always say, I want to work myself out of a job with you. Yes. I want, I want to teach you so much that you don't need me anymore. I, I use that a very similar thing uh, with uh, my clients back in the day. Told them that honestly, I don't want to be working with you for more than, a year or two at the most. Not because I don't enjoy working with you. Not only is it my job to make sure that you're getting your workouts, meeting your goals, and doing so safely, my job is to educate you. Like I want to teach you how, by example, how to make your own plans, what you should be doing for each muscle group, what you should be eating, things along those lines. 
otherwise, I'm helping you meet your goals, but I'm just milking money out of you for years and years and years. And morally, I can't do that. That's that's not right in my mind. And, but you got the trainers that have been doing that. But then again, you on the flip side, on the flip side of that, I'm sure, sure I'm sure we've all had those clients that know what they're doing, but just keep coming to trainers for years and years because they need the motivation. Some, some and the, I'm, the I'm comfort. Sure, and the yes, the com- uh, some of them I've had um, clients that uh, were doctors, things along those lines, and they just had such busy lives that they didn't want to have to put designing a workout plan into their life. So they came to me and just said, pretty much told me their goals and left it up to me. And I loved that because yes, I still taught them what I knew, but at the same time, I had a little more at ease knowing that they still knew what they were doing on their workouts without me. Mm-hmm. But uh, bouncing back to what we were talking about earlier a minute ago, uh, this is something I actually like to kind of open up the lines about. We've all heard the phrase in the training community, your body is your calling card. Now, in the case of Jake, in the case of your friend, um, the accident, like, I'm so sorry to hear about that, by the way, so glad to hear that he's okay. Um, That's a very extreme example. But us as experienced trainers... Do we believe that a trainer's body is actually their calling card? Now I'm and I'm, I'm open this up to, as a discussion. I'm not trying to say anyone's right, anyone's wrong. Personally, my opinion goes back and forth. COVID messed up my body. I'm better now. I like to think I look pretty good now, but I'm not up there on stage. I think that there has to be proof that you can do it and have done it. Um, at the end of the day, it may not be your physical body, but your body of work is your calling card. Um, see, I, you know, I've, I've been on stage. I've been off a stage. I've gotten, I've lost a shitload of weight. I've gained a shitload of weight. And, you know, and I have that all documented and I can show you pop, pop, pop bits and pieces when it comes to, I think, especially when you're coming to a trainer and you're first starting out, it is in with your best interest to be a hundred percent living the life but I think once I think once you're established and your life goes on it's not necessarily the most important thing you just have to have proof that it, the, the like the proof is there like you already have you already baked the cake you just got to show the pictures of it you know what I mean um, yeah I definitely I definitely agree with Jake um, and I'll add on too because I talk about this a lot um, like the physical appearance, right, does not necessarily indicate health. Like we see it in bodybuilding, and I hate to always relate to that, but I'm sure Jake, you know, like that's kind of where we come from. Um, The people who are on stage are probably some, a lot of the times, some of the unhealthiest people in the room. Mm -hmm. Um, So to me, what's important is that you kind of live the life and you walk the walk when you talk the talk. So maybe you don't have a six pack of abs, but maybe you're very functional, you're very healthy, you eat mostly clean, or you know what I mean? You you set a good role, role, or you're a good role model for your client. So to me, like, yes, your body can be a calling caller and maybe that's good for sales uh, but to me what's more important is that everything I tell my clients about foundational health and micronutrients and you know all of these other things that I walk the walk the same way that they do you know mm-hmm. well see you know see I've got five kids I train three times I train three times a week my diet isn't always the cleanest I'm not as big as I used to be I it is a guaranteed fact I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not going to have an athlete of mine or a client of mine do something that I have never done 
it is, it is it, I don't I used to say or will never do but it's now it's not even a will never do I won't I won't have somebody because that leaves it open that I won't do it right so if I have done it and I understand it and I have felt it that is the only way I'll, I would put it in your program um, when it and then when it comes to when it comes to getting back into into shaping things you see I've got five weeks I will and I have five weeks I will, I'll probably cut 15 pounds in five weeks. And I'm doing that because uh, I'll be backstage with a bunch of bodybuilders and I'm not trying to look like a puddle of goo. That's just, that's just, that's, that's me being uh, self-conscious. That's, that's the, that's the, that's the competitive bodybuilder in me still trying to be like, I still got it. You know, <laughs> you can't, you can, you can make money off of your body the rest of your life, but you also have to, this from personal experience, you, you also have to have a quality of life at the same time. And spending time with my kids is sorry. It's it's just more important than me being shredded yep. year round. Oh yeah, family family first always. And you're always gonna go into a gym, and you're you're always gonna see. There's always those one disease and two disease trainers that, you know, from first appearance don't always look like they're in the greatest shape. And now we're definitely not trying to tell you judge a book by its cover. Uh, one of my old managers, uh, he definitely did not look like he was in the greatest shape but after you got to know the guy you found out that he had recently lost 100 pounds because mm -hmm. he, because he pushed he still he was still in the middle of his journey while he went through his journey he um uh he learned so much about the field and became a trainer and became actually a pretty pretty decent one um and he was still in the middle of his weight loss journey but someone who just looked at him right off the bat wouldn't know that uh, definitely don't judge a book by its cover. Uh, you never know what people are going through. Just like Jake, your friend that you mentioned, like you, you, who would know by looking? Uh, but at the same time, that does not account for what's inside somebody's head. Like how mm -hmm. much how much they know. I might not well, look like the stellar athlete, but at the same time, I've been studying this field for six years. I like to think I know a little bit. Yeah, and on the same note, right? I mean, I can think of three off the top of my head, and I, of course, I'll never name names. I'll just <laughs> think of them and reflect on them. But who look like they know what they're doing, right? They might have the abs or whatever, but they right. also post on their Instagrams every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, whatever it is, heavily drinking, eating like shit. So um, you really, like you said, you can't judge a book by its cover because if those are your coaches, right, and those are people you look up to, well, they have a six-pack of abs and they binge drink on the weekends, so why can't I binge drink on the weekends and have a six-pack of abs? It just doesn't right. set that good example on the tone it'd be, well, so let nice. me, it'd be so great though let me let me tie into some of that uh that jay cutler nutrition here for you lulu do you know who <laughs> jay's coach was no i don't chris aceto if you look at chris aceto you're like that looks like just a regular old man from the east coast you can see this from the east coast by looking up yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean if you see him <laughs> east coasters got uh, a look to him don't they no, but like you know, like one of the, like the old like like not from not from the middle of the country West Coast folks that moved east, like one of the, like the original settlers, you know, <laughs> <laughs> full colonial garb, yeah. <laughs> ringing a bell and shit. No, but he's uh, if you ever looked at Chris Aceto just now and not knowing anything about him, you'd be like that guy doesn't know shit. But I have his books, I have his, you know, I listen to him whenever he's on a on a show because his. His knowledge is leaps and bounds ahead of everybody. Always has been, and he learned from uh, uh, Bob Gruskin, 
And he would, when he was bodybuilding back in the day, and then he would and he would go on tour with like Samir Banut all over the Middle East and stuff. So like he's been hooked into bodybuilding since he was a young man. But looking at him, you're like, is he, he'll tell you straight up. He'd say, I don't touch weights. I eat like shit. I never sleep. <laughs> that's, a, that's a way to start. But, but you know what I mean? It, it's yeah. but his but the his proof is in his body of work. Yep. He's got he's got two Mr. Olympias under his belt, actually. Uh, Jay Cutler and Sean Roden. He's a, he's a machine. His Instagram's great. I, I suggest it's the 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 real technician. So, kind of bouncing back, um, <laughs> we got off on a little tangent. Moo Moo, you're gonna find as we go. Jake and I got a lot of tangents. We uh, that's what I we do act- too. I'm Italian, so <laughs> just stand by. Do you have the Do you have the Italian temper? Uh, a little bit. It, it pops its head every once in a while, but I'm usually pretty chill. My dad My dad leveled me out. My mom's 100% Italian, so my dad's side has provided me with a little bit of balance. <laughs> well, uh, a give, real uh, over here. Uh, give your dad our greatest sympathies. He <laughs> <laughs> <You> needs some. <laughs> uh, okay, so bouncing back, signs of a good trainer. Um, one of the things that I uh, stress on very, very much is uh, the listening of a trainer to the client. Um, if a client says they don't like this, they don't. I, I, I'm not really fond of the uh, routine you're giving me. I'm not really meeting my goals. I've seen trainers just kind of blow that off. Like obviously to the client's face, they'll be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, no worries. Okay, well we'll change this up." But then they just keep doing the same thing. They never try to alter the plan. They never try to alter their nutrition. Um, it really shows that they're just quite literally in it for the money and do not give a damn about the person's health. Like honestly, when I was working at uh, one of the big box gyms, one of the first things I told my clients was, okay, so hey, if you have any issues with me or the way I train you whatsoever, tell me and I will change it. If after a little while, you're just, this is not working for you, you are paying this gym, you let me know, I will refer you to a trainer who I think can better better work towards your needs because the last thing I want you to do is have a bad experience here because you and I are not working well together mm-hmm. and that's that that's always a sign of a guy I recently uh, even in my personal business Blake's health and fitness I had to close down due to COVID and I got someone uh, hit me up on the website and I referred um, that young lady to another trainer just because my company was done for COVID uh, they should always be willing to help you, even if it's not with them. I, I do that all day. I do that, like, I mean, not literally all day, but, you know, if if I have someone hit me up and they're like, I you know, I, I appreciate your body of work. I think this is what um, I, I'd like to work with you. Here's here. Here are my goals and here's what I'd like to do. And we're and we're just not jiving. <clears throat> I say I don't just give them one person. I give them like a list. I go, listen these people are better at what you're looking for than I'll ever be <laughs> or like pl- please give them a please give them a call and just tell them that Jake sent you 
because there's yeah, really yeah I do the same thing because yeah like it's it's about getting that person to where they want to be it's not about making money and I feel like there's a really big difference between a coach or a trainer because um, there's a difference between a coach and a trainer um, who are in it for income and who are in it to make a difference and the people who are in it to make a difference the income is going to come because they're going to help people but the people who are in it for income like who put income over impact um, they're just not going to keep that retention um, and they kind of get greedy and egotistical and people feed into that um, yep. but I do the same thing I refer people out um, but honestly like compliance is the science and so even if like I can look at a client and be like look you know I'm getting my master's in nutrition and x y and z and I know that optimally this is when you should eat before pre you know pre-workout and this is when you should eat post-workout if that doesn't work for you then guess what we don't have to do it optimally because it's not optimal for you so it should always be a program surrounding what that client is going to respond to best and a lot of times I feel like people get so stressed about well science says that you must eat 40 minutes before pre-work like screw that (laughs) um it should be whatever is going to have that client perform the best in a workout and maybe that's not what science says is optimal and that's fine exact athletic science is not exact athletic science for everyone like Jake knows uh, from talking from us doing the show for a little while my stomach is all up in knots I have the worst stomach in the world so the things um, in those textbooks for the best time for Danny Blake to eat before workout, eat after workout, <clears throat> excuse me, aren't going to work for me because I spend a decent amount of time throwing it up. <laughs> things, yeah. th- these things don't work for everybody. Well, and that's the problem with a lot of the ways that people get certified for training and nutrition is we, we learn the basics, we learn the foundations, but very few programs will teach you the application. So you get so put in this box where you're like, well, the book said this, and I don't know how to handle it because the, the client isn't responding well to the one thing that I was taught. Um, and that's why, just to add on to that list, in addition to listening to clients, I always say continuing education is huge in this field. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's such a new science and it's uh, ever changing. So these people who get stuck in the archaic, well, 20 years ago in bodybuilding or 20 years ago in this, we did it this way. Well, cool, dude. But like 10 years ago, they disproved all that. So the yeah. fact that you're clinging to this and you're not continuing your education, you're not going to be doing your clients any benefit. And when you continue your education, you get more of that application. So you understand how to troubleshoot if your client doesn't respond well to the one thing you were taught in your level one certification. Yeah. I mean, like I've got, so, I mean, I went and I did the, the vertical diet cert um, through FitOps, right? But I have a guy who a hundred percent, he's a young man, but if I'm throwing that much red meat at that young man, his cholesterol goes through the roof like he's 65. So, you know, like I have to, you know, adjust, like his diet is something completely different based off of, you know, I, I do, uh, his body works best on an old school bodybuilding diet. You know what I'm talking about? Chicken, rice, greens, yep. fish, rice, greens. That's what I'm <laughs> That's what you I'm know, and, and, you know, it's, it's you know, uh, I have a... I have a wellness athlete who responds incredibly well to an, an athletic keto. So yeah, it's, all, it's all about the application. I mean, if you if yeah. you learn, if you have somebody who's very very smart. I mean, that could be the smartest person out there. He could, you know, he or she could know every dosage for every supplement and you know every mechanism for every workout. But if they can't apply that and make changes to fit that client, then they're not going to be a good coach. Hmm. Who I find to be great on the supplement side of things, just because he'll break he'll break down um, he'll break it down for everybody pretty Barney style is uh, is the Gorilla Chemist. 
spelled like uh, spelled like guerrilla warfare. And his name's uh, Brian Moscow. Have you ever looked into him? I have not. I've heard of him. Does he own a supplement company, or am I thinking of somebody else? Yeah, he uh, he. I first heard of him when he started working with Blackstone Labs way back in the day. Um, he work. He's uh, Chemix is his thing. That's it. Yes. Okay. Heard I do him. know of him. Yep. He is rad. <laughs> um, so when it comes to, when it comes to things like that, if you're looking to someone to have a conversation with, if you ever have a chance to have a conversation about things chemical wise, that's the person to do it with. Sorry, that's a whole tangent. Okay. No, you're right, but that's a good example of how easy it is as a coach, right? Like uh, things like that or examine.com. Like if you don't have the time, resources, or money right now to maybe go and get a degree or a certification in something, you should just have that drive to continue your education through valid sources. Like examine.com, the guy who writes all of those reviews and dosages and everything, like he is on top of his shit for real. So it just that drive to learn more because the more that you learn, the better you can serve your clients. And when you get a coach who is like, well, I know everything or I'm already certified so I don't have to worry about it, um, you're going to get cookie cutter stuff or you're going to get things mm-hmm. that might have been disproven and aren't actually going to serve you very well. So I feel like that's just mm-hmm. so important in a coach to find. Which, bouncing off of that, I think we've uh, kind of escalated into our next um, bullet point, the signs of a bad trainer. Now, I got two really big pet peeves here. Um, my first one, I know we're all going to have a lot to say about. Um, <laughs> good, 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 good. Good, good, good. Uh, is... Safety. So you got the trainers who, this drives me up the wall just thinking about it, um, because I remember a few specific ones from um, my old big box gym experiences. Uh, The ones that really don't pay attention to safety hardly at all. Like, whether it be they're big athletes who they're training, or they're frail grandmas and grandpas who they're training. They don't pay attention to their form. They don't pay attention to uh, the amount of weight that they're pushing. And there are those times that, and and granted, I don't know the ins and outs of these experiences, so this is pure speculation. There are those times they're not really pushing them at all. Now, when I'm (laughs) bouncing off the speculation part, some of this, granted, could be rehabilitation stuff. You only want to push so hard. Understood. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, uh, I've seen uh, people... uh, Trainers working clients, uh, squatting completely wrong, deadlifting completely wrong, and I, I'm, I'm, unless it's an immediate safety issue, I've never been one to step on another trainer's toes, but it's it drives me up the wall. It drive it. I I have. Oh, oh you have. I, oh, I'm sure. Huh? <laughs> you know, why, does, why, does that, why does that surprise me? I, I don't know why that surprises me. <laughs> I realize that my specialty lies in a sport that is generally especially towards the end of a cut, let's say for a competition. I, that is probably the, the, that's the most unhealthy part of bodybuilding, right? Mm-hmm. That is seriously like 10% of my time. The rest of the time I am a form Nazi. I am a stickler on, if you need a spotter, you better get a spotter. We're doing this the right way, progressive overload, really Dorian Yates style training, right? You know, too, too good, get to know it sets, and then hammer it home until you can't. If you have dog shit form, that hammer it home till you can't, it's not going to work because you're going to rip something or pop something or break something. And I have, I have gone up to people who are training people in the gym, and I've said, knock it the f*** off. You're going to pop their knee off. Yeah. 
and I've said it loud enough to where their client could hear me because I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, it's the, when someone is, is paying you, they're invest, when someone is investing in their health and they're trusting you to guide it along and you are not giving a shit, you're just thanks for your money and you're just like on your phone. <clears throat> Ugh, yeah. Trainers on their phones. Just go through Like, like I've the only time I was at, like I will, I'll I'll say I've been on my phone when people are training. That's when we're doing like machine work. Mm, and I can like step like I'm not your form's right there in the machine. They're fine, but <laughs> but, but that, and that's usually just to be like. And it's not even that. It's just a quick glance. But anyway, <clears throat> if if you are not capable, or you do not understand a workout. You should not be teaching that workout. But the problem that we find so much in today's industry is there is a lot of people that have never been taught or they have been taught bass backwards. And well, and, and, and just to that too, like we talked about before, I mean, maybe you know how to squat, but maybe you don't know how to give cues on how to squat. So you're mm-hmm. trying to explain it to a, a client and you have one way that you were taught, like, you know, oh, bend the bar, you know, on a deadlift, bend the bar. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's just not what's going to resonate with your client. So you have to say, okay, pretend like you have oranges in your armpits and squeeze. Like if you don't know how to change your explanations, you're never going to be able to get that client to perform that move. So I feel like the other part too is once again, like application, like maybe you can squat fine, but you just are not good at coaching. You're just not good at training and explaining things to people. Um, Sorry, Lulu, you know how I get my ladies to quit doing, uh, having their knees cave in? Let's hear it. I tell them to quit. I tell them not to smash their balls. See, you know what I mean? Some some lady probably had heard every other cue in the book, and then you said, "Don't smash your balls," and she was like, "Oh my God, everything in the world makes sense. I know how to well, squat you know, now." Well, and she'll go, and then you know, it's the "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, the reason why guys when they squat, their knees naturally go out, is because their dick and balls is hanging there. Your knees naturally go in because you've got nothing that you're trying to keep safe. So as you're coming down, just sinking your head. Don't crush my balls." See, and there's probably some trainer out there who needed to hear that because they couldn't figure out a proper cue to how to do yeah. somebody out of squat. You, you just you just look at your ladies and say, "Don't you crush those balls, ladies?" And they're like, "Ah." <laughs> yeah, but I feel like you see it happen sometimes where it's like somebody's like, "Okay, like drive through your heels," and they're like, "I don't know what that means." Well, you just you know you drive through your heels, and they're like, "Okay, I still don't understand." And they're like, "Well, you know, it's just like through your heels is where you drive," and it's like that didn't well, that you didn't say that it there, any that, differently. That there, that's your heel. Yeah, just go through it. I don't just know what we'll like, We'll see, and then you you. You tell some some ladies, you tell them that, and they get up on their tiptoes harder because they they're, in their mind that goes, "I'm wearing heels." <laughs> right? Yeah. Did you ever think I about didn't even that? Think of it. Yeah, I didn't even think of yeah. it that I way. Never thought about that. So it's okay. I want you to I want you to put your feet on the ground, and I want you to feel it. You feel the you feel the pads. You feel the pads on your feet. The ones on your heel and the ones up up uh, before your toes. Right, the pads of your feet. Okay. Get that bar up. Now, I want you to feel the weight on those pads. Come down. Okay, now when you're coming up, keep the weight there. 
Yeah, and I feel like some people just don't know how to like <laughs> properly talk somebody through that, and that's the reason that like, and maybe they just get frustrated and they give up and they just let the person have shitty form. Um, and just to relate to safety as well, I had like written down little notes for this podcast, and one of the things I did that's one of my pet peeves um, is a coach who has a do as I say and don't question me attitude. Mm. Um, and I feel like that relates right back to safety, and it can be with either you know physical exercise or nutrition too. Like, hey, I'm gonna hold you at 1,100 calories. No, don't question me. Um, don't question me. Just do as I say because I'm going to get you there but they don't give you any explanation they don't communicate with you it's like okay I'm holding you here for this reason and we're going to only hold it for this long um, and that can put you you know safety wise for you know bodybuilding it can really jack up somebody's hormones or thyroid um, so I absolutely hate that attitude which that that's actually perfectly brought that up right now because that leads me into my next big pet peeve which I know with us and our different backgrounds this is going to be a little bit of a sticky situation um when I started working at my big box gym, one of the things that I told them right there in the interview is, hey, I'm certified as a trainer. I will train nutrition-wise, legally. I know what I'm allowed to do. I know what I'm not allowed to do. And this came up because there were previous interviews that I had where I was asked to make straight-up meal plans. And I told this lady in the interview straight up, like, hey, legally, I know I'm allowed to, I can give facts, like, hey, these are good. This is what this will do for you. This is bad. This is what this will do for you. Here are some meal plans. This is if you take them. I'll educate. I can educate you on the pros and cons of certain foods and pros and cons of certain meal plans. But legally, I cannot prescribe you a meal plan. And this was one of the biggest issues I ran into with my gym because after the interviewer, she was right there with me. She's like, "Oh yeah, definitely. No, yeah, we don't do that." Then I went to work for the gym, and a few weeks later, I look at their advertisements, and they're advertising meal plans. And I'm starting to get reamed by my boss about not doing meal plans. And I told him, like, hey, I'll teach them how to count macros, and I'll educate them on the basics. But legally, I know what I cannot do. There have been so many instances of trainers stepping outside of their scope and acting like nutritionists when to be a nutritionist, if I'm not mistaken, you have to get a master's degree and a whole other legal certification depending on the state that you are in. It's it's all state dependent. State dependent. Yep. Um, yeah. To and, be a, a RDA, you have to have a master's degree as of next year. That's why I'm getting my master's degree in it. Um, but yeah, every state's different. And and great point. Like people stepping outside of their scope because once again, just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should do something. Mm -hmm. And I said this mm -hmm. yesterday, and I will repeat it. I don't think trainers and coaches truly appreciate the power you have um, when you train somebody, especially when you work nutrition and especially when mm -hmm. you're prescribing heavy weights. Um, you can yeah. really, really do damage and people just think because they know what they're doing in the gym, that means that they can help other people. And you see it all the time. You see somebody step on stage or finish a powerlifting meet and the next day they're like, I'm taking clients. And it's like, what certifications do you have? And not even beyond that, because I'm sure we all know people who have certifications who don't know anything and don't know how to apply it. Um, what makes you think that you you can handle carrying somebody through a prep or, or through mm -hmm. a diet. So, yeah. you know, yeah, just because your state says you can do something doesn't mean that you should just do it to make some money yeah. off of it. I, I have never had, I have always had, I've never had someone I worked with not come back. You, you know what I'm saying? Like um, uh, every athlete in some way, shape or form for some way, shape or reason, they always come back to daddy. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you make them call you? Actually, no, don't answer that. No, I don't. I don't. But I, I was. I was. They just choose to call him that. <laughs> but, what kind of services are you offering? But and and that's not a and, the, and I'm not trying to be cocky, but this is a true fact. It's because I actually give a shit, and 
and it's and I'm not trying to dig at the people that my people went to go work with either because I know some of the people they went to work with are great. They just didn't mesh. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, another sign of a bad coach or trainer is if you talk to that coach and they bad mouth other coaches and former clients. Um, I had my beefs with other coaches. But if I had a beef with another coach, I either went with them. I always tried. I either avoided it, or I would talk to about. I would talk to them first before I was jumping on the. I don't know that. What's the trainer version of the Lance Corporal Underground? I don't um, know if there's a name for it. But you know, like the, the, the gossip, <laughs> the gossip, the gossip wheel. Mm-hmm. The closest thing I ever got into a real life fight was I was talking to. Uh, a friend of mine who worked with another coach who I was pretty cool with, but she was telling me her diet that she was on. And I was like, you weren't eating enough. In my opinion, you were not eating enough and I would have done it way different. Just, and I, I didn't say anything bad. Right. I said, here's my opinion. Right. This dude flew off the handle. <laughs> and I was like, Hey man, look, you can get upset all day. Your athlete showed up looking like shit. That's not my fault. I just gave her my opinion. I didn't say anything bad about you. <laughs> I just said, here's how I would have done it. Yep. That's as cl- and that's as close as I've got. Like I've had straight up beef with other trainers, but I would never badmouth them to uh, their athletes yep. or my athletes. That's, that's not how business is done. Um, fitness in itself is a giant table with a bunch of food on it, right? Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of seats for everybody. Yeah. If you are if you are worth your salt, you don't have to talk shit. You just go to work. Yeah. Uh, so signs of a bad trainer. Lulu, you got any uh, examples on this one? I was just gonna say, um, anybody who shames you or guilts you, um, mm-hmm. I hate that. Like, I try to create like not that I'm easygoing with my clients at all. Like, if they if they mess up, we'll have a hard conversation about it. But I would never want to guilt them or shame them because then they're not gonna want to be honest with me, um, and they're not mm-hmm. gonna trust me. Um, and you see it. I mean, there's so much that's come to light in the past few weeks. Some of it is they're false claims, but some of them are not false claims about just one shady trainers in general um and coaches in general but two about like these coaches who just like call their clients fat and yell at them and i'm like i could never see myself treating a client like that i mean your job is to uplift them and take them through this journey not to make them have this horrible relationship with food and with mm-hmm. themselves so i think that and if you at any point feel shame or guilt from a trainer for doing something um that's a huge red flag to me that's yeah that's not good i i have a friend named allison I won't give her last name because I don't want to blow her up. But she is a genetic freak. She's one of these big blonde Viking looking women that would be a killer figure athlete that would could grow into possibly women's physique. But she uh, worked with just a random person in Austin who, um, whenever he would allow her to have a cheat from her diet and prep... He would tell her to eat it in front of the mirror. What? Yeah. 
I heard of another coach like that in my area, and I was my jaw hit the floor because it, it, there was more that went on to that sentence than just that. But um, when someone told me that that's oh, what yeah. they had told them, I said, "You fire them right now." I, I would never tell you that any other yeah. point, but the the other commentary that went along with that one statement as well was just like one of the most horrible thing. I could never imagine telling my client something like that. That's not right. Well, and, and you know, women in the United States and our culture have a horrible relationship with food as it is. True. And you're going to tell them, go find something you enjoy. Now watch yourself eat it, fatty. That's... Like, are you are you out of your mind? That's, that's bad. Like, there's there's a difference between tough love and, and shit like this. Like, if you have... Like, uh, like what Lulu was saying earlier, if you have those clients that are jumping away on their diets they're mm-hmm. just not paying attention to them not doing them not doing the work um and putting on weight like yeah there is that time and that need for tough love mm-hmm. okay you, you got to be firm with them you really do because sometimes that's what people need um but at the same time like that's just that's just straight up cruel well like, yeah honestly. it should come from a place of love right like even if like love in the typical sense you don't like love your clients but it still comes from a place of love and wanting to see them thrive so any hard conversation it's backed and they the client should be able to feel like okay this is a conversation coming from the fact that my coach cares about me and wants me to get my head out of my ass and start to see progress mm-hmm. not my yep. my, my cat yeah. my coach wants to fat shame me yeah. so that i hate myself and then that fuels my fire like that's the worst thing to do if at any point yeah, I, anyone ever feels like their coach hates them or is fat shaming for lack of a better term them then it might be time it's time time to shop for a different coach because they should even even a hard firm coach like the three of us um there should be there will be that hard line you will know straight up if we're just being firm with you or if we are um for lack of a better term disgracing you Mm -hmm. well i tell people all the time listen i'm a former infantry marine I had, uh, you know, when I was 20, they put me in charge of 18-year-olds' lives, you know. So I, I have a, I have, I have no problem treating you with the respect you deserve as a human being. But there's gonna be times when I tell you that you're being dumb, and I will use that direct words. Uh, these are the words I will tell you, and I will say them firmly. But I need you to understand it's coming from a place where I care. I tell people that right out of the gate. I was like, if I'm ever cussing at you, it's because I don't, I, there's, it's because I care. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, I'm not trying to um, hurt your feelings in any way, shape or form. But if you, and if you're going to have a problem with that later down the line, when you're screwing up, mm-hmm. I'm not the guy for you. <laughs> group fitness was one of my favorite uh, fitness, anything. Like I love, mm-hmm. I loved hosting group sessions and I would always give them the heads up. Like, Hey, I'm a former Marine. Uh, when it comes to this kind of stuff, I can be a little bit of a hard ass. I can get a little bit intense. I'm definitely not trying to be a jerk or anything, but I went full on, not completely full on boot camp. You remember how that was? Uh, mm-hmm. Lulu was former Navy. She doesn't know. Um, <laughs> she, but, uh, she, went, she went to officer she school. She went to officer like, school. But we don't, we here, don't hold that against her. Here, right. have some cake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We don't hold that against her on the air, off the air. Yeah. Just off the air. Um, okay. <laughs> No, I told him flat out, like, hey, I can get a little bit intense. Uh, I think I even threw a stopwatch one time because I was getting so intense. Uh, not at anybody. Um, but, uh, no, I, I love it because it gets me gives me a chance to, you know, like, really 
push him, really motivated, never full out screaming or anything like that. But you know how that is. But that's mm-hmm. the beauty is some people need that. Like, I mean, some True. people need that, that harshness, like not that it's a bad thing, but you know what I mean? Like that, that's what drives some people. And some people just would cripple under the idea that somebody is going to raise their voice at them. And that's why, like mm-hmm. we said before, there's a coach for everybody out there. And just because we might not be the right match, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit hippy dippy. You know what I mean? I might not be the right match for everybody. Maybe somebody like, you know, Jake is going to be a better fit. Um, there's no harm, no foul. I would never get my feelings hurt over somebody saying, well, I think I want to work with somebody else. Like, you should do no. what's best for you, you know? Yeah. If you get upset because – so I, like, I've had athletes that I've invested personally just – and, like, you know, learning them and learning their body and caring. And they're like, hey, I think I need to go somewhere else. I, like, it, there's – you have to swallow your pride about that mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, that's not your body. Nope. That's, not, that's not your journey. You just have to find a way to step back and be grateful that you had your part in that journey and say, listen, I wish you the best of luck, and I'll still be one of your biggest fans whenever you go and do whatever you do. And uh, So, hey, before we go into our next uh, section, I do want to bounce back and just kind of clarify something as far as the nutritional part that I mentioned earlier about trainers giving, like, full-out nutrition plans. Um, and just, I just want to clarify so no one's thinking, whoa, my trainer's doing something illegal right now. Uh, like we were saying, the regulations vary from state to state. Um and also, we don't know what your coach is certified in. Ex- exactly. Like, I'm a certified ACE nutrition specialist, which in my state of Oregon pretty much says <laughs> it doesn't really – I learned a lot doing it, but it doesn't add a whole lot of credit. I can tell you mm-hmm. the goods and the bads. I can give you nutritional facts. In this state, in my home state of Oregon, uh, I cannot give you a straight out – like, I can give you like a cookie-cutter plan off the internet and say, hey, I think – like, this is – this could be good. But legally, I can't recommend anything. I cannot say, hey, I think you should take this supplement. Things along those lines. Um, If you honestly think that your trainer might be doing something that should not be done, that might be something to bring up to them. But at the same time, this is just all in my experiences. I'm not trying to say that anyone, especially in this podcast, (laughs) is doing things they're not supposed to be doing. I know that we would all never do that. We're all very familiar with our scope. So... I apologize before if I misled anyone. I just wanted to clear up those straight points. When you, so this is just coming to bad coaching and good coaching, really. And all honesty, if you are a client, you are investing in your personal health, which means you are putting your full trust into someone that you may not know. You more than likely don't know, period. You really have to do your research into who that person is. It's just like, uh, it's just like, um, dating, right? It's, it's, you don't, you probably don't know you're going to marry the person you're going to marry on the first date, right? I mean, you don't. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm just no, not, no, you're not, right. not, not normally, right? It's, it's, it's Maybe, maybe they're not going to be for you right away. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe even after you try them out, maybe after even a couple dates, you're just like, mm, I'm not ready to give it up yet. You know, <laughs> like, I got to I gotta go. Like, and, that's, and that's okay. Don't be scared to go to more than one coach, even at the same gym. Because yeah. at the end of the day, fuck them. It's your body. Yeah. Try, out as, try out as many coaches as you can until you find one that you are comfortable with in your life 
Alright, so for the next part of this, one of the reasons we brought Lulu into this episode specifically for this topic is because she does have some personal insight here from some experiences she has had with former traders. So I'm just going to hand the mic over to her and let her serenade you with her story. <laughs> serenade you with her story. Can you serenade a story? Is that a thing or is that just singing? That's basically, that's, that's basically all... Uh... Bards did was they sang stories. So, hey. all who did? It's, uh, sorry, that was some nerd shit. We'll just, <laughs> <laughs> all right, you got the mic. We'll shut up. Okay, cool. <laughs> Thank God. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so yeah, so I figured I'd just give kind of I've I've worked with multiple coaches um, and trainers, so I'm just gonna give kind of a brief synopsis of really good things I saw, but mostly really bad things I saw that have really helped me as a trainer um, and coach figure out who, like how I want to be with my clients. Um, so I have wanted to compete in bodybuilding since 2018. So I have worked with many coaches um, since then um, to try and get me stage ready. Um, but I'm a bit of a perfectionist which is a good thing and a bad thing. Um, so the first trainer I actually had was at a big box gym. Um, and I actually can say that it was probably the best experience I've had with a coach so far. Um, I used him uh, mostly because I had never lifted before. I grew up uh, swimming, and that's kind of what I did mostly through college with a mix of some, like, you know, typical military rucking bullshit. Um, so I had never done like a deadlift or any really compound movement. Um, so I would go to him once a week to learn and he was very respectful, very technically knowledgeable. Um, and he could teach the application too. Um, and he genuinely started to like care about me in ways where he would, you know, remember certain things, um, whether that was like my diet or whatever. Um, so I can really not say anything bad about my big box gym experience, which is a shock because when I worked at a big box gym, which we'll talk about later, it was a completely different um, experience. Um, and so then I kind of decided I wanted to compete, um, did little to no research, just saw that somebody I followed was using a coach. So I said, Hey, like, let's try this person. Um, and I'll kind of go over cause I've used three or four different coaches. Um, and I finally, I think I'm on my, the one that I'm going to keep around for a while now. So she's my fourth coach. Um, I'll talk about kind of what I saw that was really, really now that I'm a coach red flags that I should have paid attention to. Um, so the first thing is they don't work with you at all and they just tell you that they can get you into like a fat loss phase, a weight loss phase, and they're going to get you there super quick. Um, that should be a red flag. If you start working with a coach and they're like, you know what? I have no clue what your metabolism like. <laughs> I know what you're telling me you eat and I know what you're telling me that you train, but I have no way of verifying that, but I'm going to get you to lose 20 pounds in three months. Like that should be a red flag. Um, most coaches who, uh, know what they're doing are going to want to at least work with you from even if it's just two weeks to get a hang of what your metabolism actually is like um, what you actually do in the gym um, and all that kind of stuff so I, I did not pay attention to that and um, every coach for the most part that I worked with is like let's just go into a big cut and get you ready for the stage and we're not going to really do any research around what you're what you're actually at right now um, the next is um, when they're starting that cut, right? Uh, once they realize that your metabolism isn't that great, which mine never was because I didn't know what I was doing until recently, um, they start you off very, very low. Um, one of my coaches, I think, started me off around 1,300 calories and we didn't have a show picked and I was 178 pounds. Um, so that, that should have been a red flag in and of itself because when you're going into a cut, all you can do is lower uh, the, the food and up the cardio and uh, 1100 calories does not give you a lot of wiggle room if we're doing a 16 week prep. Um, 
The next thing uh, is communication. Um, None of my coaches in the past before now really articulated to me why they were making changes. Um, I'm somebody who can absolutely follow a plan and I will work my my ass off, literally. You'll catch me doing 45 minutes, level 16 on the Stairmaster, if that's what I have to do. I did it for seven days uh, a week, four months straight, or three months straight recently. Um, and But if I don't understand what, what the purpose is, and you have me in a position where I am lifting like shit, I'm feeling like shit, I'm barely losing weight, I'm going to question you. Um, and that's something I didn't do until recently. Um, so kind of uh, not articulating why they are making these changes. It's something that I try to do with all my clients. If I'm going to make a change, I'm going to explain to you why that change is being made so you can understand it. Um, Coaches shouldn't do it, like I said before, uh, do as I say and don't question me uh, method with you because one, it's not teaching you and two, how do you know that what you're doing is safe? Um, The next one is a lot of the coaches that I worked with had very old school Um, And I don't mean that in a bad way, um, because there are, like Jake mentioned, that old school bodybuilding diet works for some people, right? Chicken, rice, and greens. um, That Mm -hmm. might work for some people, uh, 110%. But when that mentality is like, okay, we're going to suffer for sake of suffering, because that's part of the sport, like, like, can we do this in a smarter way? And if we can do it in a smarter way, that's going to keep me healthier. Would that probably be a better way to do it? Um, so if you get a coach who kind of applies those methods and once again says, don't ask questions, just do it. And, you know, they always say trust the process. Um, you should trust the process, but you should have trust in your coach too to get you there safely. Um, so, I mean, those without getting, you know, too nitty gritty into the details, because like Jake said, you know, we don't like to throw shade or, or talk shit. Um, those are some of the red flags that I really just didn't pay attention to and put me in some pretty not great situations. Um, I lost weight with some of the coaches, um, but guess what? Just like I said before, I blew all the way back up because they had me eating 1,100 calories. They had me doing a ton of cardio, um, and they did not really care to reverse me back up before I was sent on my way. Um, and the last, I guess the last one that I'll mention, and this is going to be for a very, probably few people who are listening. Um, I was actually told by a coach that there's no way in hell I could compete, uh, being vegan or vegetarian. Um, so they actually kind of put me in a corner and made me feel like I had to eat meat again. So I did, this was whack when I was just vegetarian, not vegan. Um, I ate meat for two months and it felt horrible because my stomach doesn't do well with it. Um, but that would, uh, that's what I was told I needed to do in order to compete. Um, which there's no reason for that. Um, but I didn't know any better. So I just, I just listened to what they said. Um, so those are kind of the, I tried to make it as brief as possible. Uh, and I'm sure you guys have taken notes on things that you want to comment on, but those are some of the experiences that I've had with coaches. Um, some of them very well, not very well known, but some of them known well in my area, some of them through Instagram. Um, and it's just very disheartening looking back on it now as a coach to be like, one, you fell for it. Like, come on, Louis. So did he not want to investigate them more? Um, but two, there are still people like that out there. And it just sucks because I think we know that all of our clients at one point in time probably have been with somebody like that. No. And um, I want to tell you straight up. So, I mean, since we're here and talking about this, um, uh, I'm, I'm just going to say that you reached out when you were having some, some bloat issues dealing with, um, your medical issues that you do have. And I, I want to tell you right now, straight up that I am very proud of you for leaving and backing out and finding somebody better for you. I'm very proud of you. 
Yeah, no, and and we we talked about this briefly, and I'm sure any other competitor and anything else can relate. Um, I did have to pull out of prep recently because I have some pre-existing gut issues, and um, they were acting up pretty bad. I spiked up six pounds about two and a half, three weeks out from my show, and I was just not lifting well. I was miserable. I was inflamed, um, and I felt, and we talked about this, I felt like a failure, and I know I'm not. I know this was a smart decision, um, but anytime you set a goal and you don't meet it, you kind of feel like a failure, um, and the athlete in me was like, bro, why would you step on stage? You're going to be deflated. You're going to look like shit. Um, but you know, maybe it's the veteran me. I don't know. It's like, come on. Like you said, you said the 17th is when you're doing it, just do it. But it was a super hard decision. But like we talked about, I mean, as an athlete, I'm going to come back so much better and bigger, uh, now that I'm going into a growth period. Um, yep. so it was definitely hard. Um, and it's still sometimes something cause the show was last weekend. So it was very bittersweet. Um, but definitely for the best, because I, like I said, I've, I'm with somebody now who is, uh, amazing and I'm super excited to see what she can do for me. One of the hardest things uh, when it comes to bodybuilding is the really the supreme mind games that your body plays on itself and that's not um, there. there's definitely a like body dysmorphia is real <laughs> there's and a lot oh, of yeah. a lot of people get into bodybuilding because they they don't like the way they look. They don't like who they are. They don't like um, what they've been told they are. And so they find that the best way for them to um, get over that is to completely change themselves. And that's that's just that's how it is. Like I when I first got back in the gym myself, I was over 315 pounds I did and then I worked and my first time on stage I was sub 145 um and then when I got above that 145 I hated myself (laughs) oh I'm 20 pounds lighter right now than uh yeah about probably 15 pounds lighter right now than I normally was in my off season and I think I look worse now than I did when I was 15 pounds heavier which makes no sense but you you get so much harder on yourself when you achieve certain things um, and then when you are not at that same level of performance which for bodybuilding the performance is aesthetics um, you just shit on yourself constantly mm-hmm and it's 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 part of the game <laughs> but it's terrible and then when you have and from my understanding is your nutrition was coming to you in not really specifics, but in, in macros, right? So it was a meal plan at first. Um, and I, I needed to make some changes just because being vegan, um, unless I'm working with a coach who is very, very well versed in vegan protein options. Um, it just made sense towards the end when we were carb cycling. Um, like I requested for me to kind of handle the, the food situation. Okay, no, that's and I understand that completely, but when it's when you're in the nitty gritty of a prep, and your athlete, especially especially in your athlete's first prep, you have to be a, like, you have to be available for them in all conversations that you don't want to have. <laughs> oh yes, yes, and huge. It's and it's not a, it's it's not an option. Um, 
I'm busy well, and as I know shit I'm not the, right now. I know I'm not the easiest uh, client, and I'm sure everybody on this on this right now can relate. We're probably not the easiest clients because we also do it for a living. So we have an idea of how it should go. <laughs> and not that that means that we don't trust our coaches, but at the same time, we're like, well, you did this and you haven't explained to me why you're doing it. And I just want to know your rationale because in what I've studied, this is how I would probably do it. So I know that that doesn't right. make us ideal uh, clients, but... Even then, like you said, I mean, communication is huge. And especially first prep, two and a half weeks out, three weeks out, there needs to be more communication than just like a once a week, you know, oh, the scan looks good, cool, hold it the same, you know. My my people know me, especially in prep, even though with how busy I am in my day-to-day, they can hit me up anytime. And I will get to them as soon as possible. Like, I have... I have answered phone calls with wiping a shitty butthole at the same time. You know, like you, you can't, I just, you, you can't be a good bodybuilding coach unless you're available. You can't. Yeah. I mean, that's why I switched over. I'm not, I'm not coaching bodybuilders, but even just in general, cause I've switched over to completely online. Um, I just switched the way that I was communicating with my clients to WhatsApp because I mute my Instagram and my text messages because I just don't like talking to people, but I wanted mm-hmm. to be able to be available to my clients. So my WhatsApp is the only notifications that I get. And that way I can respond to them immediately. And they're not even in prep, but I just want to make sure that as a coach, I'm there whenever they have a question. Exactly. And I, I had a, I recently had someone come back who um, was completely, who is a freak athlete, even with all of their prior injuries and surgeries and illnesses that they've had in the past. They're a freak athlete. I'm not doing their, I'm not doing her diet right now. And I, I don't think I will because she's smart, but I'm, I'm rewriting her programs. But the reason why she left her coach that she had, that since she left working with me, is because um, he started liking the smell of his own farts and being disrespectful. And I think that's another thing that that you find, um, especially as you're, as you get more renowned, you have to remember to keep that in check, and keep your hum, your humility on lock, right? Absolutely. I mean, you want to be, you always want to be relatable and be there for your clients. And if you think that you're the best and you know best and nobody can tell you differently, I mean, we, I would consider us, right, like the, for lack of a better words, experts on the, you know, application, science, whatever, knowledge part of this. But at the end of the day, those clients are going to be the experts on their body and what works best for them. So mm-hmm. you're not really the top, you know, you're not really the expert when it comes to it. You have to listen. Like we talked about earlier, I think uh, Danny mentioned it. Like you have to listen to your clients. If they say something's not working, then don't get offended and don't be like, well, I know best. And so it should be working. Like listen to them because what they feel is genuine and you can probably, if you're so smart, you can figure out something else to do with them. Well, in, I, I said earlier, I'm, I'm probably going to self late but I don't advertise anymore. Um, and it's not because I would necessarily say I don't have to, but I get people hit me up at least, at least once a week still. And that's because, you know, my body's not bodybuilder ready, but my proof is in my pudding, right? And during the height, during the height of body revision fitness, 
it blew my mind that I had a full schedule. And I think, I think once, once a, a trainer or a coach loses that, it's blowing your mind that you're being successful. That's when you start. That's when you start really losing it, and your your empire that you're building will come crumbling down. That just is what it is. All right. So the next section we got is, in my opinion, why to avoid the trainers in the big box gyms. Um, obviously, I work out at the big box gym. It's right across the street from me. Uh, I love the gym to death, personally. Um, but I'm talking more as far as far as getting trained by trainers in there. Now, first off, I just want to preface this. I don't really think we need to expand on it too much. But then again, we expand on a lot of things that we really don't think we need to. So hey, we'll just see how it goes. Um, this should go without saying, but common sense isn't very common anymore. No offense if you don't have common sense. If you are injured in some way, if you have a serious injury, a doctor-diagnosed injury, a trainer is not where you should be going. Nine times out of ten. Every situation is different. Physical therapist. Go see a physical therapist. If you go to a trainer... And tell them that you're recovering from like a shattered knee or something like that. The first thing they should be asking you is, have you been to physical therapy yet? And has your doctor signed off on this? If they're not asking you that, that's a red flag right there. Um, granted, we are, we do specialize in rehabilitation to an extent. But physical therapist is a whole nother branch, a whole nother school, a whole nother uh, degree they have to get. So that's just something, uh, probably should have gotten that out of the way earlier, but just something to keep in mind. If you are legitimately injured, and you, when you talk to your doctor, make sure you specify with them, should I be getting a personal trainer just because I have a sore back and I just need to learn to develop the muscles better, or should I be seeing a physical therapist because my knee is facing the wrong direction? If your knee is facing the wrong direction, please see a doctor. Um, okay, so why to avoid the big box gyms and the, and the big box gym trainers? I worked at a big box gym. Uh, two, actually. One of them for three days. Uh, I'm not going to disclose the name of the gyms. Um, the one I worked at for three days, there was just too much shady stuff going on. It wasn't... It, granted, they were trying to rebuild the training area from the ground up, but there was too much shady stuff going on. Um, I didn't... They didn't have me sign any form of legitimate paperwork for the three days that I was there. Uh, technically, I wasn't really training, even though they were handing me clients. So after that, too much shady stuff going on. It wasn't comfortable. I quit. Uh, the other one that I worked at, I was never a big believer in half-hour sessions. Can you get a workout in a half hour? Yes, you absolutely can. Can you get a good workout in a half hour? Eh, depends on what you're going for. I specialize in muscle development. Yes, fat loss is a big part of that too, which fat loss in a half hour is definitely reasonable. But muscle gain, uh, you guys feel free to disagree with me on this one. I'm not a big believer in muscle gain in a half hour. Plus the gym that I worked for uh, insisted that we take five to 10 minutes to do our like catch up, like how was your week, how's your eating, and consultation essentially, which they just use as a tool to uh, feed upgrades. Like, hey, I don't think I'm seeing you enough, let's upgrade. <sighs> It drives me up the wall. Drives me up the freaking wall. There's only so much time you can get there. Um, and then some of these other experiences I had in some of these other big box gyms, 
I had a, as I was exiting this last gym, I had a client, uh, fantastic client, loved her to death, her name was Rachel, and she was a freaking beast. She was a hardcore lifter, and she was just amazing at everything she did. Um, but I do want to stress, she was a lifter, and she wanted to stay that way. So, when I handed her off, I did my best to hand her off to someone, another trainer, who I thought would do just that for her. Well, about a week later, as I was leaving, I think it was my last day, I saw her with a trainer that has told me on multiple occasions she does not uh, have her clients lift at all. And so I pu pulled her to the side after the session like, hey, so she wants to lift. You don't train lifters while you're training her. And turns out this lady was an excellent saleswoman. Well, her contract's coming up, so we want to get her to resign. And I told her, well, don't you think he'd probably do better with that if you put her with a trainer that can meet her needs? Didn't really have much of an answer for that. They are, granted, sales is a big part of training. It really is. But at the same time, if you are getting hounded every single session about upgrading, when you've said no multiple times, they shouldn't be trying to keep feeding you upgrades. They should be taking the, what they got with you right now and working that to the fullest extent. That's what a good trainer does. Now, obviously, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, I'm sure you guys do too. I gave my clients homework. If I only saw them once a week and they didn't want to upgrade, hey, I'm not trying to get your money, I'm trying to give you a better life, I'm gonna give you homework. I always avoid, these days, I avoid the big boxes and I always advise my friends, my families, um, whatever clients I might be parting from for whatever reason, I tell them generally don't go for the big box trainers because granted trainers in the big box gyms will get paid more if they get upgrades and if they find their own clients. Yes, that is true. But at the same time, I own my own business. Jake owns him his. Lulu, I believe you're the sole owner of your own training business. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. Yep. Uh, our way of life, our financial stability comes from making our clients happy. If, it, <clears throat> excuse me, if I was working at a big box gym and I had a client, we'll call him George. George is a great name. I got George. I could half-ass it all I want. And granted, I want to keep George, but if George leaves, I still have a job. I still get paid largely the same amount of money and the constant rotation of the big box gym is going to have another client to me within a week doesn't affect me much. If Blake's Health and Fitness takes George, Blake's Health and Fitness is going to give him a t-shirt right when he gets here because we make awesome, mer awesome merchandise, blakeshealthandfitness.com. <clears throat> um, <laughs> and we're going to train him to the best of our ability. But we're going to try our best to make sure that he meets all of his goals and he is treated with dignity and respect and he loves Blake's Health and Fitness. Because if he doesn't and he leaves, I don't have another one on standby. I don't have another George. I don't have a Alice, a Jamie. I don't know where these names are coming from. Um, <laughs> that's money that I'm losing out. That's a way of life that I'm losing out. If I'm a bad trainer, if I'm a bad trainer, if Jake's a bad trainer, if Lulu's a bad trainer, we don't get paid. We could lose our livelihood, for lack of a better term, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It means a lot to us that our clients succeed because it is also our lives on the line too, in a matter of speaking. 
no, and I get I I understand where you're coming from, and I understand your experiences. Um, when when I first moved to Pflugerville, um, I had already been training for about a year down in South Texas. I got a job at Gold's, which was I could walk there from my house I was at, and. I got the call that I was going to go to the first class of fit ops. And I said, when I come back, I'd like to look into becoming a personal trainer. I got there and they were said, here's what you're going to do. And you're going to have to focus on the sale. And I said, why? That's, shouldn't that be your salespeople's job? I'm not going to, I'm not going to try and force an upgrade on anybody. They're coming to me because they want a good workout. That's what I'm going to, that's what I'm going to give them. That's what I'm getting paid to do. Now, you know, Lulu, you were saying that, one of the best people you worked with was a, a big box gym trainer, right? Yes. There's There are great people who have the best intentions in the world that are also box trainers. That's, that is what it is. The problem is your their livelihood and their bonuses and their extra paychecks do get roped into whether or not they can um, sell. That's that is my that's my big issue. Um, yeah, I was just gonna say because uh, I I also started off at a big box gym. I owned my own LLC at the same time, but I was like, you know what, I'm not that great at marketing and all this kind of stuff. So let's see if I can get some more experience under my belt. And a big box gym is the best way to get experience. Cause like Danny mentioned, there's just a constant, like cyclical amount of people who come through that door. Um, and you know, they get the free startup sessions at most gyms and you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, and that was my biggest issue was, um, the sales side. And, and like everyone's mentioned, it's like, it's just a part of the machine and it has to happen. And I can understand it from a business point of view. Um, but a lot of people get lost in the sauce in that and just want to sign as many people on as they can. Um, and when they do that, they lose touch with those who they have already signed on with. Um, and the other real issue I have with it, and I'm sure like, I mean, Danny mentioned he gave homework and I'm sure Jake can relate to this too. Um, if I'm only seeing somebody once or twice a week, even three times a week, they might not see the same results if unless I'm controlling or helping them with their nutrition and they're exercising beyond me. Um, that, that one time a week that I'm seeing people or two times a week, because those are the most common packages that would get sold at my gym at least, um, you don't really have the enough uh, jurisdiction over them to make sure that they're going to actually see results. Unlike when you're an online coach and you're like, hey, here's your entire nutrition program and your entire exercise program. Um, so you're already giving a massive chunk of, of the work that you put in, the money that the client is paying goes to the gym, very small portion goes to you, but now you're doing extra work because in order for that client to actually see results, which is what your goal should be if you're a trainer, um, you're now doing extra work that you don't get compensated for. Um, so it kind of runs you into the ground because now you have to accept like 20 times the amount of clients and give them half the amount of work that you want to give them. Um, when if you do something online or maybe you uh, rent out gym space at a smaller gym, you can take on, you know, half the amount of clients or, or the same amount of clients, get the same amount of money, but give them so much more information, time, and attention. Mm-hmm. And if you are, I will give a, I will give a, a one up to the big box gym. If that is, uh, if you are just getting into your fitness journey or you're just, you're getting in shape for the first time or you're getting back into shape, I think that a big box gym may be a good option for you 
just because you are getting a cookie cutter program you are getting someone that's just like here's what I do all day every day and you, it's easier to fall into a routine but when you're ready to step up it's okay to step out of that comfort zone and go find someone who knows what they're doing and who's gonna learn you and just like we've all said all of us have started off at the big box gyms um, nope. there nope. what you didn't I, n I didn't I never trained at Gold's oh you never ended up going back as trainer nope oh. okay so two out of the three of us <laughs> started off at the big box gyms um, and don't get me wrong there are good trainers in the oddest of places. Um, honestly, there. Um, I'll give a shout out to uh, Molly Versput. She, I uh, worked with her at the gym that we worked at, and she, probably one of the most fitness smart people, uh, like as far as book smart that I've ever known. Um, she specializes in special populations, and uh, I'd love to have her on the show. We definitely should at some point. She's she's a freaking wizard. Um, there are those good. There are those fantastic trainers in those big box gyms. There definitely are, but you have to use the tools that we've been uh, feeding you in this in this episode in order to weed out the goods from the bad. I can add on to that because it's something we've talked about. But I also don't think that a lot of people, especially people who aren't, you know, in in employed in this space understand how easy it is just to get your <laughs> personal training certification um yep. so just because somebody yep. has one and then works at a gym um all of the things that we have mentioned are things that you should look at precisely for that reason because they could have four certifications and not really know <laughs> anything um, versus somebody who I, i'm sure we can all name people off the top of our heads who have zero certifications but would be an amazing coach and do a much better job than some people um, who own their own business who are private coaches or who are at big box gyms so um, just something to keep in mind because you see CPT next to somebody's name it doesn't mean that they know what they're doing yeah. there are going to be those great coaches at those small gyms um, not and I'm not trying to put the three of us like on pedestals or anything by any means uh, it takes a lot of courage and a lot of fear to go out on your own and open your own business it really does it's <laughs> my Again, not trying to like toot my own horn or anything like that. I opened mine at the worst possible time, right during, <laughs> right during, me, right. Me too. Smack dab in the middle of COVID, baby. When did you open? Hmm? Uh, July of last year. Oh, you opened. Oh, okay. I opened in February, and the world closed down in March. Oh, so, so you were right at the beginning. I oh, right at the, a couple months into it. <laughs> right at the beginning, yeah. No, so um, a lot. Again, this is. Uh, Maybe, maybe it was just the three of us, you know, being dumb, thinking, hey, let's go out on our own. Um, not everyone is going to have those ideas to do that. So you, there are, my overall point, there are good trainers in the box rooms. We're not trying to hate on everyone or anything like that. Um, but like in my personal experience and probably a lot of people listening probably have similar ones, it definitely can be overpriced and overrated for what you get. Like Jake was saying before, the sales is a big part of it. I had an interview with another place and uh, they asked me about my sales experience. I said, well, you know, I got some pretty good sales here, um, but I'll be honest with you, I'm not a fantastic salesman. On that note, don't say that in an interview, you won't get the job. Um, I told them flat out, like, I got solid results. My results speak for themselves. And they didn't want to hear that, I didn't get the job. But hey, after them not wanting to hear that, I didn't want to work there. 
So, I mean, really nine times out of ten, you'll probably get better results working with a independent trainer over a box gym trainer. And that's, once again, that's not dogging somebody because they're out there trying to, you know, eat and feed themselves or their families or whatever. But it, it truly is is what it is. You get someone that's, that is paying gym rent and really trying to grind and make it happen. They're gonna want to. They're gonna want to keep you around a lot more than the box gym, because box gym client goes. They just feed you another one. Yeah. You don't. When you're working on your own, you don't get fed. You don't get fed clients. You have to. You have to earn your business. Well, and also, and, um, like I mentioned before, too, at a big box gym with what they, you know, make as trainers, um, in order to literally pay my bills, I had to have probably three times as many clients as I can have right now, um, where the clients are now paying sometimes even less than they would pay, you know, at the big box gyms for how much access they have to me. Actually, I guarantee you they're paying less per month uh, for how much access they have to me because, like I said, it goes, I respond instantly to most of my clients now that I've switched over my terms. Uh, you get more out of me, um, and I give you more attention um, than they do at a, at a big box gym. The trainers just don't have the time if they want to pay their bills to be able to, like, go as in-depth as they can with each client. Um, and mm-hmm. it's sad because I know that there are some trainers who probably could go so much more in depth and give so much more to their clients but I mean like we said like we have to pay our bills so for them to do that they have to overload their schedules exactly all right our last category of the night things to look for when you're looking for a trainer we're gonna do this shotgun style what you're uh, one of the first things you see when you're looking for a trainer is does their client base and former client base have positive things to say about them yep that's great Probably my next one. Um, there are certain experiences like uh, Lulu's business is relatively big, or I'm sorry, new, new. Uh, my business is relatively new. Uh, not a whole lot of reviews out there. So, do they give you the time and the attention that you need and deserve? Like, obviously, don't don't be calling them at 2 a.m. Perfect. Um, I will pick knowledge base. And what I mean by that is, like we said, there are plenty of people who have certifications who really don't know much. And there are plenty of people who have no certifications who know a lot. Um, But do they, one, have the proper, um, I guess, legal certifications to be training? Or do they just come off the street and decide that they want to train people? Um, Do they have any type of education, whether that be degree or legitimate certifications, right? I would look at beyond just a CPT. Do they have any type of nutrition certification or anything that indicates that they've continued their education um, and look at their Instagram and their posts I mean not that they have to be posting educational things all the time but can you read into their posts and tell if they're full of shit or not like see if they have a decent knowledge base that's cool can they teach a movement mm. drive your heels <laughs> don't uh, crush your balls don't crush your balls <laughs> uh, um, what was it eat your shorts from last episode that was a good one do they practice what they preach? Now, keep in mind, if you're training to run for a marathon, not everyone's trained in that thing, so your trainer doesn't necessarily have to be a marathon runner. But at the same time, uh, are they putting themselves through the certain kind of... Um, are can they, put, they do... Yeah. Can, can, they, can, can they do what they're trying... What yeah. they're teaching you? Can they do what they're teaching you? Do they do the same... Do they work to the same kind of intensity in their own workouts? This might be a little bit hard to find out because, hey, they might not let you shadow their workouts, but if you can figure it out, that'd be good to know. 
Um, I will say, do your guys' personality and values align? Because, like we talked yeah. about earlier, um, if you want somebody who is soft-spoken and is going to, you know, coddle you in certain ways and that's how you're going to learn that's cool that's what you need do you need somebody who's going to be harsh and in your face and blunt that's what you need make sure that their values align um if you are somebody who feels very strongly about x y and z and you know that they publicly are vehemently against x y and z even if it really doesn't have to relate to fitness sometimes that can kind of create some type of weird wedge so just make sure that it's a good fit for you even if they have amazing results if that personality connection isn't there it's not going to be a beneficial relationship do they have a body of work that is consistent with what you are trying to do? Like a physical body of work or like, well, a, pat, or like a background? Well, let's say, let's say that I'm trying to train for a tough mutter and I go talk to the guy who has 15 IFBB pros. Is he the right coach for me? Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Fair. All right. So, accountability. Accountability on both ends. First off, when you show up to a session, is your trainer there? Are they on time? Are they ready to go? Do they have your workout ready to go? On the flip side, if you, if the client, you the client, slack on your nutrition, slack on your workouts, um, slack on your homework. Do they hold you accountable? Kind of like what Lulu was saying earlier. Do they kind of coddle you like, oh, it's okay. Which, again, some people respond differently, respond well to that. Or do they uh, <laughs> kind of go a little bit Jake style and get in your ass about it? And mm -hmm. you know, some, some people need that tough love. Uh, yeah. Do, is there that mutual accountability and trust and that, that needs to be there in every client-trainer relationship? Man, I straight up fired a bikini athlete for wasting my damn time. Not scared of it. <laughs> no, not at all. We're there to help, but we're not going to waste your money. <laughs> I was, I, I've, I've let people go, too, because they're not consistent. I'm like, look, I'm not going to waste your money. <laughs> like, just stop working with me. Find somebody else. Um, mm -hmm. Do they care about their clients? Um, and this might not be a huge deal. Some people might be okay with just like, hey, I literally just want somebody to tell me macros in an exercise program. So some people might not care about that. But um, for a lot of people, I know, like, um, do the coaches actually care about their clients? So do they remember things? Do they invest their time in you? Um, do they help you transform in more ways than just one? Because, I mean, we can all attest to the fact that, you know, physical health really is linked to mental health and all of these other things so and I'm sure we all can relate to the fact that sometimes as coaches and trainers uh, we can act like therapists and in, in not a clinical sense but in a sense that your clients sometimes tell you things and come to you when they have hard days um, so how do they respond to that if that's something that you look for in a trainer make sure that they are invested in in the actual happiness and health of their clients is do they push you do they take your comfort zones and expand it like a stretcher? That was a weird metaphor, but you get what I mean. Do they push you? Do they take you outside of your comfort zone? Do they make you do those movements that are uncomfortable because they're solid movements to do? Um, perfect example, I was doing squats wrong the first 20 years of my life until I was called out on it. I didn't even know I was doing it wrong. And the first couple of months of trying to do it right was so uncomfortable it was bo uncomfortable borderline painful but my uh the person i was working with at the time pushed me through it and i'm better for it now do they push you beyond those comfort zones that's a good one thank you i, try. I have to contribute something to this show 
Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I am more than just a voice. <laughs> Not much, but still. And uh, but b- before we actually close this show, I really want to put it out there. Like, Lulu, I'm proud of you again. Oh. Yeah. I, 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 I need to hammer that home. Because um, when I gave you my last bit of advice, pretty much no matter what you sent back, which you never did, asshole. <laughs> uh, I'm the worst. I, I'm sorry. I was gonna tell you. To, I was. I was gonna tell you to pull out, man. <laughs> I'm yeah, so glad. Yeah, no, that you did. I, I, I really appreciated your advice, and and I went to you and uh, you know, a couple of other, a few, few select people who I trusted, a couple IFBB pros and stuff, and uh, all of you said the same thing. You never, none of you said to pull out, but all the advice I got was so similar, and it just, it just, even without saying it, I, I knew that you guys were leading me in the right direction. <laughs> no, no, no. Even after, the, even after that release happens, he might not. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> this this is us telling us we we love you, but <laughs> yeah, but you're gonna look like shit on stage, so just don't, <laughs> just, just, don't just, do just, it. Just just go ahead and go go eat something you want and take a nap. Right, get your first, <laughs> first refeed in like I don't know weeks. And then just just go lay down for a while. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> <laughs> is it weird that I kind of love it when you uh, bodybuilding guys say you know I'm, I'm gonna look like shit because me and the functional fitness side of things, like you guys look freaking stellar to me. <laughs> but on stage you're gonna probably no offense you're gonna be like finishing last. But we're over here looking like ah need, need to get there. But then also we, we don't really think into the fact that the nutritional hell that you put yourselves through beforehand. When you get down toward the nitty gritty, and we'll talk about this more in a, I'm sure a more body, like a real bodybuilding centric episode, mm-hmm. but when you're down in the nitty gritty and you're really manipulating those carbs and carbs and your sodium, you can take someone who's just shredded, but is small. And you can take someone who is shredded and make them look like a carved out of granite statue. And if that's not done correctly, um, they will look, you will you'll see who carved up wrong versus someone who carved up right you will and look it, like you have deflated beach balls for an ass like i did for two weeks straight <laughs> well um I look, you can get on, mental image just now it's exactly you can get on, you, can, <laughs> you can get on uh, what is it npcnewsonline.com right now and you can look me up and you go look at my last show and no looking at it, you might be like, hey, you know, he was, he's, you know, he was a lot bigger than what he was. And there's his, there's his abs and whatever and blah, 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 blah. Go look at my show before that. And you'll be like, oh, he looks like a straight melted candle. <laughs> okay. And, that, you know, and there was a lot more to that than just manipulation of things. There's a lot of stress going on, but that's neither here nor there. The, the, fine, the fine tuning at the end is so very important in your, in your mentality, your mental health, and um, really, your faith and who you're working with is so so important, especially especially at the end. And if it's not if it's not there, then it shows on stage. Hey, that closes out this episode of For the Love of Fit. Uh, we definitely hope we've given you guys some more insight on what to look for when you're looking for a trainer. Obviously, if you Jake's never looking for clients. If you don't go with myself or Lulu, then I'm not going to directly say you have poor taste, but it is heavily implied. We hope we've given you some solid information on what to look for. If you have any questions about any of um, the topics we've covered tonight, 
uh, definitely send me an email, blakeshealthandfitness at gmail.com. Once again, you can reach me pretty much, uh, oh, I wouldn't say at any time of the day, but I'll get back to you. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at HakeJoward, and um, I will do my best to respond to you in a reasonably fast manner. I Once again, I am a father. I am pretty busy. My kids are very young and need a lot of attention, so I give it to them because I love them more than you. No offense. I so, understand. I have a dog. <laughs> Same yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so, don't be don't be scared to reach out. Um, if I can't help you, I more than likely know someone who does, or someone who has what you're looking for. Um, being as we talked about bodybuilding, this might attract more bodybuilders. No, I do not know where you can buy steroids, and no, I do not know how you can take them. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Now they'll just cut our viewings down in half. <laughs> well, 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 I mean, do I? Yes. Am I going to tell you? No. What do you think about that? What do you think about that? All right. <laughs> um, and yeah, I am most uh, available through uh, Instagram because it has my link tree in it. So it's two underscores and then Lungu Angelica. Um, you can click the link in the bio. I hate saying that, but click the link in the bio. Um, there's application and consultation. I do free consultations, so you can always schedule one or just shoot me an email or fill out the application. Um, and, yeah, I'm getting ready to launch an entire new platform. It's going to have a lot of extra things that are not available with most coaches, and it's pretty reasonably priced for what you're going to get. So definitely, if you follow me, just stay tuned for that because it will be a mix of, obviously, coaching, weekend, weekly check-ins, as well as education modules, which I'm really excited about. All right. Well, hey, follow me on Instagram at Blake's Health and Fitness. And hey, if you like this podcast or if you have any issues with this podcast, well, hopefully you shouldn't have issues. We're pretty reasonable people. Uh, if you have yeah. any, any topics you want uh, to get covered or any questions, feel free to reach out to us. Please share this podcast with your friends and family. You do not have to buy services or products from us. That's not what we're out to do. We are just out to educate, have a few laughs while we're doing it. In the meantime, have a fantastic night. And overall, stay fit. If you're not fit, get fit. <laughs>